all the news you need to know. Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show, where great people and great topics are brought together for stimulating and thought-provoking conversation brought to you by the Vibration Radio Network. Welcome, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I want to say happy Thursday to you guys out there listening. And guess what, guys? You, tonight we're in store for a special treat. We got special guest, Tamika Newhouse. She is in the building, you guys. Um, talk about a business mogul, uh, entrepreneur, a lady who is always on the move and making great things happen. So she's going to come on tonight, and she's going to be talking about her empire that she has created in her awesome books, and she's going to be open to answer all you guys' questions and more. So feel free to call in. The number is 347-326-9139. We're going to take a little short break. I'm going to come back, and we're going to have our special guest of the hour on here, you guys. That's Tamika Newhouse. We'll be right back. Check out the creative work of the author, Trent Williams, of www.taylorkennedymedia.com. Chapter of the Delta gives us a peek at his life-changing events. And if that's not enough, Trent tells you more about his brothers and his life through memoirs in his book, The Four Horsemen. His blogs and daily stimulating quotes are published in his book, Life's Little Addiction. And when you have a need of some human coaching of life and relationships, Take a look at Conversations with Trent, Volume 1 and 2, and Conversations with Trent, Limited Edition. You will find his works available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all online book retailers. And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. I think we got all those technical difficulties. <laughs> Out of the way, folks, but I'm excited. We got writer, author, and business mogul herself, Tamika Newhouse, in the building. You guys, I'm excited. I know a lot of folks were excited as well. Here she was coming on the show tonight, and she's going to tell us a little bit about herself, how she got started, and where she is today living an amazing life, you guys. So we're going to bring her on here and let her tell us all about herself and more. Tamika, are you there? I'm here. Hi, my love. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Welcome to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm trying to stay warm. It's cold outside. Yeah. Girl, yes. It's it freezing. Funny. Not even funny. It's like it just it just came out of nowhere, like just immediate, mm-hmm. like, okay. 
you know what? Like the father said, you know what? I changed my mind. Let's go ahead and make it cold. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And of course, for the folks out there who, who may not know who you are, tell us a little bit about who is Tamika Newhouse. Oh, Tamika Newhouse is just a girl with a dream, and she decided to stop just dreaming and actually implement them. Um, I write books, I publish books, um, I produce an award show here. Um, I do a lot of brand management for a lot of different brands. Um, I'm a visionary. I'm a team all from CEO. Started my first business when I was 20. Um, kind of jumping all over the place, but you know, for the most part, you know, I just I'm a dreamer, and all of my my dreams basically I I work towards making them come true. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I I know one of the the great things that I did like uh, was you know reading about how you did become um, a team mom, and then. Um, started that first business at the age of 20. And so let's talk about that because oftentimes I know uh, when I was in school and we had girls who who had babies um, in our teenage years, a lot of times they were told that they, you know, their dreams were limited. You know, they, they couldn't uh-huh. do some of the things that they wanted to do. You can only go one direction because you have a baby. So you can't do all the things you want to do for you. How did where did that feeling come from? Like, you know what? I'm a teen mom, but that's not going to stop me from ultimately creating um, the lifestyle that I want. Hmm. I would have to say that um, I've always been different. Um, my my road has always been lonely, and I never understood why. Like, I never had a lot mm-hmm. of good friends. Um, I never went to house parties. Um, I never had multiple boyfriends, none of that. Like, I was just really just this homebody. And, like, my journals and all that was always, like, my, my best friend. So I just created friends mm-hmm. through my writings, and that's just where I went with it, and that's kind of just where I stayed. And when it yeah. when it got to the point of growing up and, and taking on responsibility, along, you know, along with a, a small child at that, it was nothing. Yeah. I, I had a... At the end of the day, your future is going to be determined by you and only by you. Mm-hmm. Nobody, that, mm-hmm. anybody can come to you and say, oh, you're not going to be anything. Oh, you're, you're just going to be a team mom. You're going to be on government assistance for the rest of your life. They can say anything and everything they want to. It's up to you to make it true or not. So was, I never really thought that I was going to be a nobody. Like, that was just never a thought process when you come to think of it. <laughs> right. Um, right. I just had a baby. And I just had responsibilities. And I took it. And I pointed my head to the side. I just did what I had to do. But it was never mm-hmm. in my thoughts that, oh, I'm, I'm going to just end up being nothing and this is what my life is going to be like. That was just never in my, right. in my vocabulary. That was just never in my, in my, in my thoughts. So it, it really right. all boils down to you and what you're going to make your life end up becoming. Right. Um, you are the, the, the order. It's God and yourself who orders yourself. And if you mm-hmm. are going to let anybody come in from your parents to your siblings to whoever you're with in a relationship, if you're going to allow them to come in and determine your fate, well, then, baby, that's on you. Like, that's right. what that's also going to be your fault. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and do you believe, because I know that you also work, um, you work with um, a lot of um, uh, teen pregnancy um, uh, affiliations, and so for you, do you think that a lot of teen moms, 
um, have a lot of the support that they need nowadays as far as learning how to manage being a mom, but also, you know, getting out there, going to school, you know, finding a job, all those great things. Oh, yeah, I think there's a lot more programs now that yeah. um, that, will help, that will help teen moms, and not just women, but also teen mm-hmm. boys that become parents, yeah. be able to find these resources and begin to prosper. And then also nowadays, because everything is so digital and everything is at our fingertips, you really don't have an excuse um, You're right. why right. Um, you, you can't find these resources or why you can't pursue greatness or go to school or find a trade or whatever. Like, this is kind of mm-hmm. like the era of, of independence. Like, you can take even right. your talents into your own destiny. You don't need record companies or publishing uh, gurus or whatever just to make your dreams come true. You only mm-hmm. need the knowledge, which is at your fingertips via Google, um, and you need consistency, passion, determination. And all of these things are basically come internally within you. So at the end of the day, you are going to be the, be the deciding factor on what's going to happen in your life. And so some people don't automatically think like that. So I'm, I'm liking the fact there's a lot more people that get out there and speak to teenagers um, and let them know, hey, you know, you, you, you can actually do this and do that. And I always tell the teens that I work with, I go and speak to, that nobody actually gave me an opportunity, which is really funny. Right. Like I'm here in this position now. And everything that I do now, and I haven't worked a job since I was 23, and it's all because I actually wow. did it myself. I didn't walk up to anybody and say, hey, can you give me this opportunity? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Or um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. can I be a part of this opportunity? Like, I didn't do any of those things. Everything I've ever done, I actually created myself, and I took that and ran with it. And through those right. opportunities and through those creations, I end up building relationships. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and during that time, um, did you how how uh, was it for you as far as having um, the support um, of your family? Because oftentimes people don't have that. People don't have the support uh, of family and loved ones uh, when they're when they're going through those things that happen at a young age. And so, uh, for you, um, what kind of support did you have in in pushing you uh, to the next level? Hmm. Well, I've got um, my support since my mom was always very uh, just supportive in general, whatever it is that I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Um, she never told me that I couldn't do this and couldn't do that, but she never, she also never told me that I could go out there and be any and everything that I wanted to be. She never told me those things either. Because um, mm-hmm. let's let's keep it real. You know, I'm still growing up in the <laughs> early 2000s or late 90s and we before the digital age, and so to to be quote unquote famous, you somebody has to discover you. So those are just not the normal thing that you tell your child. Yeah, you can grow up and be this famous writer or whatever. Like you just don't say those those things back then. Um, but she was always supportive and just with uh, watching my child, and I was able to go to school and work and be able to kind of find a balance where I was able to maintain my living and help my mother and and still be a mother myself. And then I got married really, really young at 18. And my husband at the time was in the military. And although he actually called my first book, uh, and even when I started AANBC, he called it a hobby. <clears throat> he really didn't understand why I was doing mm. these things. 
she eventually right. came around. Yeah, of course, when the money started flowing in, and then it was like, oh, good job, Tricia. Like, keep doing it. Like, all of a sudden, it became we. And I'm like, never. I didn't know you were taking French classes in college, too. But, um, but his type of support was when I would drew money out of our family account, he didn't fight me on that. So he actually mm. was like that yeah. financial cushion for me to be able to step out into okay. this dream of mine. So that's how he actually supported me. Wonderful. My brother allowed me to go ahead and take our, you know, our funds. You know. I would give him his little props, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that is awesome. And I heard you uh, mention uh, the AAMBC. Uh, and let's talk about that. Uh, when did you um, – how did you come up with the concept for that? And tell the folks, in fact, what is AAMBC? Uh, well, AANBC stands for African Americans on the Move Book Club. When I was in um, college um, in San Antonio, Texas, we had this group on campus for the young men on campus. And, you know, our African American mm-hmm. community in San Antonio was really small. Um, and so the group was called Men on the Move or something of that nature. Now, uh, as I spoke earlier, I'm really kind of, I didn't really have any friends. I was antisocial. Um, so when I moved into San Antonio, a whole other city, I had zero friends. Um, and I thought mm-hmm. it would be really weird if I walked up to grown women and was like, hey, you want to be my friend? You want to be in a book club with me? I thought that would be really weird. I didn't think women would really embrace that. I'm, I'm right. going to be a weirdo or whatever. So um, versus me, you know, being bold enough to ask these women to be in a book club with me, I took to my face and I started posting and talking about books that I was reading on this MySpace page. Um, Mm -hmm. And then from there, I began to discover a lot, a lot of writers. It was a lot of writers then that were self-publishing. And I didn't even know anything about self-publishing or even what it was. I only knew about the authors that existed because of black expression. You know, black expression was like the black magazine that let us know about what books were hot and what books were not. And But that magazine... Um, that publication always just exposed the same writers over and over again. It was like the same 30-some-odd writers or whatever. So I honestly just thought that it was maybe just 30 black writers. And so when I discovered that I was absolutely wrong, and there was hundreds, I mean hundreds of other black writers, I got really, really excited. And I was like, wow, why don't I talk about these writers in their books? So I said, you know what, I'm going to start doing that. So I named um, the Monster Sage African Americans on the Move book club. And because I was just a housewife then and just going to school and, and just being a mommy, I had all the time in the world. And so I just talked about their books and I posted about their books. And before you know it, it kind of like went viral for whatever viral means for back in that time, uh, which is so <laughs> eight. <laughs> and um, when I discovered there um, that a lot of them were self-published, I went and started researching self-publishing myself eventually mm-hmm. launching my own publishing company that same year and, and publishing my own book. And I guess, as you say, the rest is history. And here I am, nine years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. And, and did you ever think, um, back even before this all began, did you ever think that um, your life um, and, and the journey would take off uh, in the way that it has? Absolutely not, because to get here, I had yeah. to lose my mother. And mm. losing my mother was just never in my mindset. Right. And then once I lost her, um, I kind of just went into a shell and went what was 
what was normal, being a wife, being a mom, mm-hmm. and going to school and trying to become a teacher. Um, mm-hmm. And it was me being bored and me trying to reconnect with what was always my passion, which was writing, that ultimately right. got me to this place now. So it's definitely bittersweet. I never definitely did not see myself being here. Um, I don't regret the journey that I had to take to get here. It's, it's definitely bittersweet. It was definitely bittersweet. But never, never felt like it, it was definitely a dream. Never saw this coming. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, what I want to do is I want to take a little break, um, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about um, your books and uh, the publishing company and all those great things. And so if you guys are out there, you tune in, you've got a question or a comment, uh, feel free to call in. The number is 347. Thinking me and you dealing for two, tearing my suit as you dessert, and we convert. I'm thinking digging in a skirt, get a jump fur. The mother got a bitch and make way to my fur. The mother bitch you hit him, I don't buy him lunch first. Your heart, you get bubble gum, maybe one purse for the fun girls. Fun girls, and some loose ones for the young girl. Hold up, hold up, hey, ain't my fault, is it? That the air is so fat, make me wanna dive in it. I got a jet hammer, I'm a pie drive in it. Take a dab for a stab, be a man hot in it. Like that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Huh. 
And welcome back, everyone, to the Beautiful Butterfly Show. I'm your host, Bianca Fly. And this evening, you guys, we are joined by special guest, Tamika Newhouse. And, of course, um, for the break, uh, Tamika, I was asking you um, about um, the journey of creating your own um, publishing company. Tell the folks uh, a little bit about um, your publishing company, Delphine Publications. Is that right? Yes. Delphine, named after my late mother. Uh, she passed away 10 years ago, uh, but when I started the company, she had only been going a couple of years. Um, okay. My whole purpose in naming the company after her was I was determined for her name to be spoken at least once every day for the rest of my life or for the, forever, <laughs> basically. Uh, I know. I was kind of like, all right, Delphine, I got you. I'm going to make sure that this name stays, you know, stays in circulation because the name definitely is unique. It's not, um, it's not uh, what, what's the word? Normal. Not a lot of people don't have have right, the name right, um, right. And so I, I want that uniqueness to continue to to grow and to build. And I even recently named my media group uh, Delphine. Um, but the whole purpose behind launching Delphine Publications was when I discovered the artist of publishing. I didn't want to wait for someone to tell me that I was good enough. So basically, mm-hmm. it was like, wait, I could do it myself. Like, I, this was something I've been dreaming about since I was 12. 12 years old, right. I actually spoke and said, I'm going to be a novelist. This is something I'm going to do, and I want to do. Um, Terry McMillan was, like, my biggest inspiration in. Um, but it was just a dream. And I was a, I'm a Texas girl, so growing up in the 90s, Destiny Child was, like, our, our idol because they were from Houston. Right. And so I, <laughs> yeah, so I thought that um, – my story had to be a little like theirs. Like, I had to be discovered. So moving on along in life, I wrote and all that. And I had this dream. I just never knew that it could come true. But when I mm-hmm. when I discovered that people publish their own book, I was like, wait a minute. Y'all, the, somebody has, has fooled me all these years. So that would have been business. So right. with, yeah, with self-publishing my book, I started this company. And I was so excited and I was so hungry um, that I was, really extremely aggressive with uh, my efforts and within mm-hmm. not like I even traveled even though I did my first book signing before my book came out like I bought this plane wow. in North Carolina my first time on a plane um yeah my first time on a plane this is how excited and hungry I was and I, and I flew out to <laughs> Riley Durham area ask me how oh, many wow. books I sold how many ask me how many books I sold how many books did you sell, Tamika? How many books did you sell? I think I sold two, but I gave away like three or so. So I think I had like five books that end up being North Carolina a year. I mean, that that, oh. that whole trip or whatever. Yeah, and I yeah. spent like $400 almost for a plane ticket to a hotel, and y'all know I like to eat. So I was really <laughs> in a whole like $700 or whatever just for this trip. But oh, the fact that I had five books, Five more, five more people was holding that book. I felt like that was that was gold. Like I felt like I just hooked, I hit the lottery. Like I didn't care how much mm-hmm. money I spent to get there. It was five extra people that was about to read my book. I took that energy, and when I got back home, I said, "Okay, where else can I go?" I was somewhere every month for strong, heavy for the first three years that my book came out. That very first year, however, I ended up being in New York City as well, winning an award nine months after debuting my novel, and I was shaking hands with the editor at Kingston, who was like, wait, I've heard that book to open. No, no. 
I was like, oh, really? What you hear about it? I just thought that she heard that it was a good book. I was so green, y'all. I was just so green. I just thought that she thought that it was a good book. And she was like, yeah, send it to me. I was like, oh, that's cool. She want to read my book. So I was like, okay, I'm sending her my book. I was like, hey, that's cool. She want to read it. I wasn't going to make her pay for it, you know, because she's the editor. So I'm like, I'll give her a book for free. That's really how I was thinking about it. She wanted to read my book, but she wasn't trying to pay for it. So months oh, passed, though, and I get this email from her. And she was like, I want to offer you this contract. I was like, wait, huh? It was, I was just blind. I was so green. I was just blindsided with that. But I ended up landing a, a, a major publishing deal nine months after my debut. And that book ended up being everywhere. And the seventh year was this year, actually. And they re-released it, and it was everywhere again. I was like, this is awesome. Like, mm-hmm. this, it, was, it was awesome. It was absolutely, absolutely. And, and that's one of the things, um, especially um, uh, being able to come across you. Um, and I said, I've seen her name before. I've seen her name on books. And so I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking trips back to the bookstore. Like I knew, I know I've seen, <laughs> I know I've seen her name before. And so what is that feeling like, um, you know, to, to put all the blood and sweat and tears um, into a book, into a story, and, and see that book on the bookshelves and seeing people all across the world, you know, have access um, to, to the books you've created? Mm, it feels, um, it, I know it's going to probably be weird, but while I'm in it, of course, it's exciting. I'm like, yes, okay, cool, conquer that goal. But I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm such a go-getter. I'm just never excited. I mean, yeah. I'm never satisfied. So although, you know, I'd be happy about my accomplishments, I'm like, okay, right. well, what's next? What else can I do? What's next? So that's yeah. it. I still, look, yeah. I still think like that to this day. So even though I'll read off, especially when I go speak and they read off my bio and stuff like that, I'm like, dang, I did all that. Okay, well, that's what <laughs> You surprised yourself. I did a good job. <laughs> right, I did, a, I did a pretty good job. But what else can I do, though? I'm always like, I, I need more. I'm never satisfied. Or if I get bored, mm-hmm. you know, I have to find something else to do. But it's it's a mm-hmm. really really great feeling, but I never get sidetracked by my success. I always just I don't even know what the word success really means in this in this um right. in this situation. But I guess when I have accomplished something, I never get uh, blindsided by that accomplishment. I always just try to find the next task and the next goal and just keep it moving. Absolutely. And, and for you, uh, when did you discover um, your passion for writing? How did how did, and I know you said writing came to you. Um, so how did writing find you? How did writing find Tamika? Well, uh, this is how I know I was a special child from the beginning. Like it, maybe about first, second grade when I began to understand English and formulate sentences. And when we did the English portion of our class and my teacher assigned, assigned short stories and we had to create these stories or whatever, that's when I, I discovered that I, I really like doing this. I like creating characters and and, and escaping my boring world. I don't know what it was about me as a child. I wasn't ugly. I didn't think I was had, you know, really good clothes. Um, I wasn't poor or any, well, I didn't know that we were poor, but I wasn't like technically right. poor, poor. Like we was maintaining, right. we survived. I didn't know that, um, I, I don't know why I never fit in with other girls. I just, the things they, they did or want to talk about, I just never really wanted to do that. And so, I gravitated more to writing, especially as I got older, with my poetry, with my love stories, with my songs. Like, I used to gather mm-hmm. all of my cousins and force them to read, not read, but sing my lyrics. And I would record that. <laughs> I even composed the music and all that. Like, wow. I was just that 
I was just that kid. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't, I don't know. That's just always been me, and it was a, a love that I discovered at a very, very young age. Um, I was never really a reader, though, which is weird. I wanted to mm-hmm. create the stories. I didn't want to read them. Um, and I was a late <laughs> reader. I was a late. I didn't start reading until maybe. 18, 17, it's crazy. Oh, wow. But, yeah, it was really, really young um, when I discovered writing, and that's just something I wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and for you, um, with that, um, and, and a lot, I know a lot of people, especially <clears throat> you get questions, I'm pretty sure you do, uh, from upcoming authors and um, of getting into this industry. And so for you, what have been some of the lessons you've learned um, about the literary industry because um, I've had authors on the past talk about, you know, how they have gotten into some really messy deals when it comes to books and, and all those things. And so for you, uh, what lessons have you learned um, to, to better yourself as far as it goes into the literary industry? I'm only as good as my team. And as mm. I've gotten older and I always say consistent in this game, um, mm-hmm. I've always been, a, and I've been an advocate. So the whole purpose of AANBC is to advocate for the black writer and creating these platforms mm-hmm. and creating events and creating awareness for their books. So I was always advocating for us. And right. I started to realize that nobody was advocating for me. I had too mm. many leeches and too many opportunists coming at me mm. because they saw what I did for myself. And right. as I began to, I would, over the years, I would let go of people and I would put my foot down and I became, a, I became more um, knowledgeable, more aware of people that I need to keep out of my circle and keep out of my reach. And as I've gotten older, right. I've gotten better and better and better at it. And just this year alone, I let go like half of my writers because I get tired of just wow. the lazy, the, first of all, the lazy writer who wants to jump on the bandwagon mm. but don't want to bring anything to the team. And yeah. I'm, my, as I've gotten, you know, more deep into this game, now it's like I could be an advocate when it comes to ANBC, but when it comes to Delphine, definitely when it comes to my books, I need to be a little bit more selfish and a little, a little bit more centered. And I've, I, okay. I, I tend to let my own talents go just to help others. And I haven't really gotten mm. much back from that in the past. Um, right. So that's, that's just my, not that what I have become to, to know in this business is learn how to set those bounds, know where to advocate uh, specifically at, and know where to put yourself forward. And I haven't mm-hmm. really done a lot of that in the past couple of years. And that's just where I'm at now is, is really putting my, my best foot forward, getting back into Tanika and not really so much into other writers in that way, in right. the publishing realm. But I'll advocate for them with, with ABC, with the award shows, with the book reviews, the book features, and all that jazz, I'll do all of those things. But when it comes to the writing aspect and the creative aspect and the publishing aspect, definitely want to mm-hmm. pull back and give myself a little more of that. Absolutely. And for you, what advice um, do you offer to those authors as far as getting out here, determining, you know, <clears throat> you know, deciding on which publishing company they should go with? What are some things they should look for so that they don't? Um, get caught up in a, in a messy situation. Um, my thing is there are so many so-called publishers, and these people right. lack the knowledge <laughs> and the skills to take you beyond social media. You have mm. a lot of social media marketers or these these Facebook right. authors. I call them Facebook authors, 
and I call these, these so-called <laughs> publishers ebook uploaders because that's all they do is upload your ebook. But where are they going yeah. to take your career? What knowledge are they instilling in you? And mm, um, how are they going to expand not only your pockets but your career? Where, what longevity is in this for you? And right. you have a lot of people that give you the illusion that they know what they're talking about and they know what they're doing. But 80% of these people cannot take you past um, a couple hundred dollars a month. And especially mm. if you're not going to put in the work yourself. And so right. my thing is you just right. got to be really knowledgeable of, of who these people are and their capabilities and what they can do for you. Especially if they ain't got no, if they ain't got no LLC, first of all, why are you even calling yourself a publisher? If you can't break down mm. what a traditional publisher is and what a print-on-demand right. publisher is, why are you even calling yourself right. a publisher? What, what knowledge do you have of this business? Who in this business do you know? What mainstream media are you getting? Um, mm. How many readers do do you actually know? Where are you going to be in this business within five years? It's like it's right. way more to it than taking uh, a Word document and uploading it to Kindle and calling yourself a publisher. That's not what it is. Right. You, know, you get a lot of people that keep saying, I'm a publisher or I'm a publicist or right. whatever the case may be. Right. And I, you just got to really be aware of these people and then really try to go get with some vets. Like, really, really get what's the best or just do it yourself. And if Absolutely. you are going to get go under somebody, please don't sit back and just wait for that person just to do all the work for you and you invest mm-hmm. maybe $45 into a Facebook post and then you mad when you get your royalty <laughs> check and it's small and you ain't did nobody's book signing you ain't, and you ain't messing no reader. Like, girl, that's just on my nerve. That yeah. bothers me. And I praise yeah. to God plenty of nights this year for me not to cuss these folks out <laughs> who are lazy and they don't do anything to promote their project. Right. I'm like, bruh, like, Nick's about to come out in the moment if you don't get out my inbox. For real. Right, right. Because yeah, you so have people y'all, y'all who just, want that, yeah. that, that instant, they want that instant fame, like, overnight. You know, like, okay, they want make a microwave my book. Make, right, mm-hmm. right. Microwave Society, make me a best-selling author by tomorrow, Tamika. That's what I want. I want to be mm-hmm. a, a best-selling author by tomorrow. Yep. And let Tamika not yeah. go to this event or shake hands with this person. Why you didn't take me there? Or, um, oh, you ain't got time for us. Or I don't, oh, my goodness. See, my thing is I, I need people who understand how their things work. You know, so right. there's right. Yeah, publishers, then you have Arthur, and everybody is supposed to play their role. So there's this whole entire engine properly. Nobody right. in this equation can have as do it for to actually work. Absolutely. And do you find, because um, I know you're always moving and shaking all over the place of, of people coming to you and wanting advice, yet they're not willing to follow those steps. For instance, one of my biggest pet peeves um, about um people is that especially like as you mentioned um you know authors and having their stuff together you have, you run across some authors who they don't have a press kit some of them don't even have a bio you know and they, mm-hmm. they shoot you you know like four sentences on <laughs> like this is who i am and it's like oh okay you know but yet they're telling you that they're a best-selling author and you're wondering well, how is this so? You know, so do you find that people, even when you offer them advice, it's hard, you know, they don't necessarily want to take it. They they still want to take their own route and think that that's the best way it's going to work. Yeah, my pet peeve is when they send me a headshot and it's a, cell, it's a cell phone selfie. 
with you in the car seat and a seatbelt is, is over your chest. Like, are you kidding me? Like, when and when are we supposed to take you seriously with this type of image? Like, this, that pisses me right. off. Um, I get right. it all the time because now that now that I do a lot of PR and brand management, I get right. these amateur mistakes all the time. And then when you try to instruct them or I guess guide them, they don't want to spend the money to invest in themselves. And I and in turn mm. I say, okay, but you want people to invest in you by purchasing your book, right? Oh, okay. Well, right. if you're not worth the money to yourself, why would they think <laughs> that you're worth the money? I'm. What is the ad I'm confused? Like, let's break it, break it down so I can understand. Like, I, I don't get it. This, this doesn't make sense at all. I get that all the time, and when they do that, at this point, I don't even waste my breath. I've dealt with hundreds of writers over the past nine years, and I know when it's a lot cost. And they have to learn the hard way. And I promise right. you, when their book sells, when they see their royalty check and those deposits, it's going to be everybody else's fault but they own. It always mm. like that. Never fail. <laughs> they never take ownership for their for their lack of. It's always everybody else's fault, which baffles me. It's very it's it's confusing. I don't get it. I really it's like basically I'm the doctor, and you're pregnant with the baby, yeah. and you're right. about to go into the labor room, and I'm telling you push push, and I'm gonna catch the baby. My goal is to make sure that you get that baby here, the baby is healthy, I'm going to clean it, I'm going to pat on the ass, make sure it does that first cry, and then what do I do? I hand the baby right. to you to take care of, to nurture, to feed, to, to make sure that this baby grows, and it grows to its right. greatest and fullest potential. And I, what I'm going right. to do is give you instructions and make sure, that, hey, don't do this, because if you do this, the baby will mm-hmm. choke or die or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. I'm going to oversee you taking care of your baby. But you don't have right. a baby and be like, here, take care of my child. Like, that, that's not how I go. <laughs> and then if the baby dies, the baby's wounded or whatever, you care about that? Really? Come on, y'all. I need, my, I, I need my people to get it together. I'm not just in books, but just in general. I need my people to get it together. Yes. We need to be better. Absolutely. We need to be better. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and for you, um, and I know because you you um, um like you say you produce um different shows and 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 uh, events and so forth, and so for you, how important has it been to make sure that you get involved in as much as you can? A lot of times, people, you know, we you know just putting all those eggs in one basket. So what, how have you been determined to, you know what, I'm going to get out here and I'm going to have what they like to call multiple streams of income. So when you have uh-huh. multiple streams of income where I could do anything. So if, if this book thing is not working out this month, I could fall back on something else. And tell uh-huh. the folks out there how important that is to make sure that you have those multiple streams of income and you're not kind of just sticking to, to one lane per se. And, and you, you're sort of describing passive income, too, because for those who don't understand what passive income is, if you're yes. calling yourself an entrepreneur, you're supposed to know what passive income is. So basically it's where you mm-hmm. have money that's coming in constantly, and you don't necessarily have to work on that money coming in on a daily basis. Like right. It just comes in on its own. Like you're setting yourself up. Right. It's kind of like um, you invest in, like, stocks. Or you do real mm-hmm. estate investment, mm-hmm. and you got somebody that's paying you rent every month. That's money that you know that's guaranteed that's coming, and you don't like you put in right. the work, and now it's just coming. You don't have to work on it. Um, right. So you definitely should find an angle where you do have some passive income coming in, where you have that little cushion in case one of your other investments or whatever kind of falls through. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I personally have passive income as well as multiple streams of income. Like I have multiple hustles. 
I have hustles within right. my hustle. It'd be so serious with it. <laughs> I um, and, yes. then, and, and then, of course, I pick my, my children away. This is a family thing. Like my son likes, you know, games and stuff. And my daughter, she likes to eat, and she likes her little books, and she does music, whatever, and she wants her hair done. I'm like, okay, well, just, you know, mama ain't got no nine to five. This is a family affair, you know. And so I put <laughs> my children to work because I'm going to need you to understand and value the dollar. So it's uh, actually multiple um, – Multiple hustles from screenwriting to ghostwriting to um, consulting to brand management to PR to producing several events. Like I'm even about to do an event with uh, Sheree Whitfield of Real Housewives. So I produce events not only for regular writers, not regular, that's disrespectful, I apologize, but for up-and-coming writers uh, as well as celebrity writers. And so I put together Mm -hmm. a lot of different platforms for people to uh, connect with their readers. So I do a lot of these, these things here, and, and now I'm stepping into film. So I'm finishing up the first script, already have my directors and investors on. We're just, we're probably going to start shooting some run, sometime around the spring. So I'm stepping into that. Um, and it's not one of those movies where it goes straight to DVD, and we're actually, like, I'm stepping into the whole film industry. So I'm, I'm doing all okay. of those appropriate channels where you shop your film and you, you get it picked up or whatever, all that jazz. Yeah. I'm doing all uh-huh. of these elements that's going to um, require some sacrificing. So, nice. yeah, and my, my personal life is definitely suffering, but I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> I'm when, I, when I get to well, the hopefully, top, I got to hopefully that'll balance out a bit in 2017. <laughs> you know what? I really don't care. Like, I'm not even, even trying like, I just want somebody to let's go to the movies and, and have some dinner and let's call a day. Because, you know, love don't pay the bills. It really don't. That's right. It really don't. That's right. Love don't pay the bills. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. So true. I don't want to sound like a guy. Like I'm, I'm like anti against love. But, uh, like, ooh, oh, Lord Jesus. Um, just the thought of it. Like, I, I mean, I love love. Like, ask my friends and family. I'm in love every year. So I know it'll probably happen next year, but. Um, <laughs> this is funny, right? When we go off topic, <laughs> I know that happens next year. Um, or you know, some of my you know potentials I'm currently dealing with, maybe they may be upgraded to another position. Who knows? But right. My thing is, I'm gonna have a good, healthy balance this go around where somebody's gonna feel neglected. Y'all, you're gonna have to hustle with me. You're gonna have to go in the room. You're gonna have to understand where I'm trying to go with this because we're gonna pay the bill. <laughs> You know. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And of course, uh, we did want to ask you. Uh, I know you mentioned um, the the sh- um, show you putting together, but what other stuff do you have? What other up and coming projects or events do you have lined up um, before 2017, or um, do you have some stuff lined up before the new year? Yeah, if you go on my website, I'm actually doing a, if you're in Atlanta, I'm doing a book signing this weekend uh, with Jay Speaks. We're launching her book, and I'll be there supporting her. And also, well, matter of fact, i got to see if i got some books. I'm supposed to be doing a book signing, so we'll see. Uh, so I'm doing a book signing on Saturday. Um, i got to see if i got some product, though, y'all. I'm, I may be flipping. See, this is, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm doing a book signing, so that'll be my last thing. And then I'm also, every year for the past, um, eight years I've done a book drive, and so I'm collecting a lot of books. Uh, now we're going to be doing uh, an event early January, giving out those books to those in need uh, within the Atlanta area. Um, and then oh, early nice. February we'll be doing an event with Sherry Whitfield and also 
Uh, we're doing our literary experience in Charlotte for the CIAA. Um, and then after that, we're going to start rolling out a lot of events as well as I'll be rolling out a lot of literary projects too. So I've been writing. I've been in the lab, y'all. I know people have been asking about even some of my projects I haven't even finished. I have some unfinished series. So I'm going to be working on really getting those out this year and really finishing nice. up that. Uh, so, yeah, it's, 2017 is going to be a really, really fun year. So, y'all, just, just watch. Just sit back and watch and enjoy the show. It's going to be quite awesome. awesome. And so I know that uh, as far as we, we have some authors who may be listening and they want to submit their books to you, how do you go through that process of determining, all right, this is a good fit for Delphine Publications. How do you, how do you determine um, what do you think would be a great fit? I'm actually no longer signing people. I have no interest in bringing okay. on new talent. Um, I, however, am, am being a mentor and a consultant for those who do okay. want to publish. Um, okay. One of my one of my public one of my authors, Phoenix Williams, is launching um, her imprint under Delphine, and through that imprint, I okay. will be you know overseeing the talent and publishing through that realm. But okay. I'm going to be definitely because I'm stepping into film. She will be right. more uh, so the lead when it comes to uh, the whole publishing aspect of it, and I'll just really be focusing on my own solo project. Okay, wonderful. So you're going to take some of that selfish time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being selfish. And, you know, selfish, you know, selfish has such a negative connotation, but only right. if being selfish right. helps you grow. That's and right. it makes you happy, and it's it's really right. at the end of it's really positive. There's really really nothing wrong with taking some time out for you and being selfish. And I think even like, I think mothers do that um, are really bad at that for the most part. We tend to kind of put everybody Absolutely. before us. Sometimes we need we to put it put it back Absolutely. into ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the folks out there who want to connect with you, uh, tell them how they can go about uh, connecting with you as far as your website and social media and all that great stuff. Yeah, I on every social media platform you can think of, um, even on Periscope. Um, we will be saying rest in peace to Periscope. Make sure I do believe, though. So we'll, we'll oh, see. No. I am on Periscope. I love so, being on Periscope. I feel now. like I'm, I'm walking with the stars. <laughs> <when> I... <laughs> you know, everybody does the live things now. Like, you know, Instagram is not true. just Periscope out the park. So yeah. um, That's true. That's true. I think Periscope, like, I remember when the Vine was really popular and then Snapchat came yep, along. I remember. You know, so I, I think Periscope will fade out, but until the meantime, I am on there. I, I try to do something at least once a week, and it's under my name, Tanika Newhouse. Uh, my Facebook and my Instagram are Boss Lady Tanika, uh, and my and my Twitter and my Snapchat is Tanika Newhouse, along with Periscope. And of course, if you can't remember anything, uh, my name is my website, which is TanikaNewhouse.com. Um, and I'm easily accessible, um, easily accessible on Facebook. I'll usually respond immediately. If I don't, I'm definitely going to respond at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm easily accessible. So find me on any social media platform. You can search my name if you can't remember my handles. It's either going to be my name or Boss Lady Tamika. Wonderful. Well, I thank you so much for coming on here. I'm glad we were able to work out the schedules where you were able to come on. I had so much fun talking about everything and, and all the great stuff. And so I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on here and hang out with me for a bit this evening. 
Well, I thank you for listening to my story. I love it when I'm able to expose or um, you know, use my life uh, for people to use their inspirational examples of what not to do. So I definitely love um, being able to be exposed to your audience. I really, really appreciate it. I commend you for the platform that you have created, and I definitely encourage you moving forward to continue on those efforts. Um, and if Thank there's anything you feel I could personally do, just let me know. I will. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. I'll be talking with you again soon. Thank you, ma'am, and happy holidays. Same to you. All right, you guys, that was Tamika Newhouse. You guys, make sure you connect with her on Twitter at Tamika Newhouse. Um, <clears throat> social media, Facebook, Instagram, <clears throat> all over the place, as she says, she is connected everywhere. So big shout out to her, you guys. And um, YRN is doing great things for 2017. So if you want a commercial, you want us to put a commercial together for you, we're going to do that. Uh, we're offering packages for that, and I said we have something for every budget, and I mean every budget. Uh, just email us at yourradionetworks at gmail.com, or you can email me at thebfly.show at gmail.com. Um, or if you personally just want to have commercials ran on all episodes of the Beautiful Butterfly Radio Show, you can do that as well. Uh, just submit your information um, to our email. Um, you can connect with us on Facebook as well the beautiful butterfly radio show or on twitter at butterfly show um and so folks we're gonna get ready to get out of here and uh, i'll see you guys um next week uh next week we're gonna have Arthur hope mcgill is in the building you guys and she's gonna be talking about her new book entitled pearls too and man she's giving away a giveaway on the show so she's doing a giveaway um of a kindle Yes, you know, Christmas time is right around the corner. So, hey, you might want to definitely be on the line for that. So that's going to kick off next week, you guys. Same time, same place right here on YRN1328. I am Bianca Fly, and I'll see you guys next time. We're going to go out here with a little throwback Thursday joint for you guys. You guys take care. Have a blessed weekend, and I'll see you next week. They see us on the streets, they say, son, scoop the hot one You taste like banana cake, you shake like the number eight And you my number one candidate, I can't lose you It's like I'm betting in Vegas, crucial Sweating knowing these players is wanting you, boo I get the chills when you in my sight Feels like it's meant to be right I feel a rush when I kiss you at night
What? A thug's dream wife, jeans tight, beautiful skin, matching brown Tim's, hot as jalapenos. She knows how to hide the Ninos, the rap Rudolph Valentino. And beef, I become the black Al Pacino. Relax, sweetie, and bench, you can watch the TV. I lay back and pump Mariah's hot CD. And I'ma touch you in the wrong places. A week of walk through a park and bubble north faces. I'm lost in your love, thank God I found you. You my crown jewel, I'm saying boo. The type I give my last name to And lovers lane, put the top up When it starts to rain in the parking lot Then we finish doing our thing Fog the windows, getting very sentimental Sipping Cosmos with the cherry in the middle I keep it honest, word to will, that's my promise Signing off, truly yours, Nostradamus Radio Network.